pretty cool. I mean, it's pretty amazing what's going on with with the democratization of teaching because of the internet. Welcome to Archispeak, the podcast that talks about what it's like to work in the profession of architecture. Welcome to episode 109 of the Archispeak podcast. I'm Neil Pan. I'm Evan Troxell. And I'm Cormac Phelan. And this episode of Archispeak is sponsored by RCAT and BQE Software. We'll talk more about each of them later in the show. All right, so we have a quick announcement to make. We have a shout-out to give to one of our longtime listeners and uh, a good friend of mine, Pete Lavelle. Uh, you guys probably remember Pete. We hung out with him at the last uh, Monterey Design Conference. And uh, Pete and I used to work together, and he is now an architect. And I'm so happy to be able to call him an architect, and I'm so happy that he's done with this long journey because uh, we all know how, how much effort and time it takes to do. And he's got two young kids, and he lives up in the Bay Area, and he is now, I'm super proud that, that he has finished that journey, and, and now he gets to just pay his dues every two years, so... That's awesome. I'm so excited for him. So shout out to you, Pete. Thanks for uh, everything that you've done. Thanks for being my friend, and I am so happy for you. So that was the, the first order of business for this episode of Arca Speak, and we thought that we would do some kind of a, a grab bag of topics. We don't have a super special topic to go off this week, but um, we have a bunch of little things that we wanted to touch on. So, hey, Cormac, you you have caught the first few episodes of abstract the art of design on netflix and so i you've yes. been you've been going on about this so what tell us a, a little bit about it and why, why it's worth watching so uh, it, i'm sure in everybody's office somebody has received some email or text from one of their yeah <laughs> um their friends saying hey you really need to watch this and you do and why because i said so yeah okay good enough <laughs> move on <laughs> yeah, that's it. Just I said so, and and we're good, and you can move on, and you know you will thank me later. No, actually, are, are there any uh, standout episodes? So I've I've worked my way through the first, um, I believe five, um, maybe even six, and all of them are standalone. Um, you know they're they're presented as episodes, but they are standalone. And what's great about them is that it's. It's a documentary about a particular designer and their journey from, you know, that first seed of wanting to be a designer or to be an architect or to be whatever their path is on to where they are now. And, and all of these are industry leaders. There is a illustrator for the New Yorker. They talked with Bjark Engels, um, they, you know, they talked with the director of design of Chrysler, I mean, all of these different ones. But it, what <laughs> I was, I was uh, telling uh, Neil before the show, I was like, it's both amazing, you know, it's, it, it gives me this charge, you know, like, yeah, this is, this is exactly why I wanted to get into this profession. And it's also somewhat depressing because it's like, oh, why am I not doing that? You know, why am I not, you know, I mean, I, I feel the same passion. Yeah. He said, you know, somebody says something and you're like, yeah, I love that. That's great. You're like, wait, why am I not doing that? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's inspiring. It's very inspiring. And that's awesome. Um, and you'll like it because, the, you know, you guys, and I, I say you guys as in YouTube, but the, the you guys that are listening are going to find similar kindred spirits with these people that, you know, that their journey and their inspiration and what fuels their fire to keep going and to keep pushing and to keep trying to innovate are yeah. things that f are f stuff that you feel and you think about all the time. That's cool. Whether you are, you know, an architect or, you know, a car designer or a set designer or an illustrator, every bit of it is something that you've thought about and you've talked about, you know, there was one that kind of um, I thought and I, I texted um, Evan as I was watching this because, you know, it was something that he says all the time is, you know, the illustrator for um, for the New Yorker 
and I apologize for not remembering, you know, half their names, but Christopher he, Neiman, by the way, Christopher Neiman. Thank you. Thank you, Neil. Um, so, so Christopher gets, you know, he's, he, he talks about that his day outside of the studio and, you know, the experience outside of the studio is, is just as much of an, inf, you know, informer to what he does as what he does within the studio. And, you know, we're always talking about, you know, the life outside of the architecture studio and how important that is and how important the experiences are um, in, yeah. to enrich our career right. and enrich kind of our, our thinking. And, 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 you know, it's just it. every one of these people have a shared story that every one of us who got into this design profession can um, can really kind of uh, grasp and, and appreciate. And I will say this, that the one about Big and his kind of rise to prominence in architecture, um, you know, I, I kind of rolled my eyes because that was the first one that, you know, somebody had texted me and said, hey, you got to watch this. This is pretty amazing. And I will say that I probably never gave the guy, you know, a fair shake because um, though I'm not necessarily, I, I appreciate his work. I don't know if I'm a, you know, a fan of it or not, but I will say that I am a fan of him um, after watching this because there, there's something more, um, I guess, childlike in his approach. And I don't mean that in any kind of derogatory way. I mean, that is he looks at the purity of things. He looks at the way things could be if we didn't put all of these constraints on them. That's a, that's the role of a designer right there. And that's the role of a designer. And and I was just like, God, this guy's awesome. I mean, imagine the possibilities, right? Exactly. And, and, and so I look, I look at things differently or I look at his stuff differently because the way that he goes about doing it is not just this kind of formulaic thing. It's, it really is trying to rethink and reshape. Does a power plant have to just be a power plant? Why right. can't it be a power plant and a ski lift, you know, and a ski slope? Why not? Yeah. And, and, it, blows, you're just and, like, and blow smoke rings, right? And blow smoke <laughs> rings. And you're thinking to yourself, why would you even think that? It's absurd. And then you're just like, and then you, then you're looking at it and you're thinking about it and you're like, why the hell not? Yeah. Why, you know, why does it just have to be a, you know, a power plant, you know, just this blob, you know, kind of blight within the, you know, your visual landscape. Why can't it be something fun? Why can't it be something more? And yeah. I like the fact, and I appreciate the fact that this is the guy asking the questions of more. Yeah. Well, he, he's famous for saying uh, that, when they have these these charrettes these these initial kind of idea sessions that it's a that they've worked really hard in their office to create a culture of safety where anybody can say anything and so people are allowed to throw out absurd ideas and it's not until later when they pick one of the absurd ideas to go with that it was obvious yeah there, there's no way in most of the firms that people work for any one of those absurd ideas would make it past the first round if they were even allowed to be said at all uh, if you felt safe enough to to be able to put put it out there, but that's kind of the norm, is what it sounds like, and at least from from the sound bites that I've heard, and that's why they're able to pull off some of this stuff is because they're allowed to be daring. They give themselves permission to be daring and think big. Right, right. Well, there's eight episodes in this series, and I'm 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 really looking forward to uh, number two, which is Tinker Hatfield, the footwear designer. Oh, uh, that one was great. I mean. Yeah. Like I said, you know, I, I, I've, I watched all the way up through the one for uh, the Chrysler designer, and they're all just fantastic. Because, like I said, there, there's, but Tinker's was interesting because, you know, you, you, you learn about his story about how he became a, sh a shoe designer because he's, he, he was in school for architecture. He, yeah. he got, you know, he got a degree in architecture, he was running track. Um, for Oregon and you know there was started with and I I'm I'm spoiling it for people so I'll I'll let you guys <laughs> stop if you have, spoiler stop. If, you, if you haven't watched it watch it and I won't yeah. spoil it but I mean <laughs> come back and let's talk yeah let's come back and let's talk about it because I just I just find as much as the um you know what they produce the journey to get there 
yeah. is equally, you know, just amazing or everybody has interesting stories about how they got to where they are now. And, um, and every one of their stories should be celebrated. And I think that, um, you know, his is just another interesting story, how he just kind of like stumbled into something that he never, you know, he did not plan on his life going in that direction and it happened. And now he's at the top, you know, he's, he's the premier guy when it comes to, you know, shoe design or one of the premier guys in shoe design. And that's not where he was planning on going, but that's where he is. Yeah. And he embraced it and took it. I hope that they, you know, it says season one. I hope they make more seasons of this because oh, I, I really there's a lot of do. stories to be told and, and this yeah. is going to be really cool. And and if you guys are uh, listening and, and you don't have a Netflix subscription, uh, you can join for one month for free and check these out. So yeah, it might be worth it. And Neil's login for Netflix is Neil. <laughs> yeah. And they're not even sponsoring the show. So, so we're not getting paid to say that. <laughs> we just, uh, yeah, this is going to be good. Neil, you didn't change your password, right? No, it's, it's, put it's in the, still the same. We'll okay, put I'm that in put the show in the, notes for We'll everyone. put it in the show notes for mm-hmm. everyone to log I think in. I hear Netflix yeah. looks the other way with that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, they do. No, they don't. <laughs> All right. So what's next? Well, kind of along the same lines as, you know, you were, you had mentioned something about the, um, the environment that, um, uh, Big's office has and, um, you know, about anybody can kind of have the freedom to basically do, you know, the most absurd, um, ideas and stuff like that. And it kind of reminded me as you were talking about it, about some of the things that I was saying in this, uh, after work program that I've been recently been helping out with uh, just started it's kind of a, a yearly thing and it's called ace mentoring program yeah and what ace is is architecture construction and engineering and specifically what it is and we'll put the link to the show notes but anybody can go and find out anything about it and find out whether or not it's something that's offered within your area but it's a uh, ace ace mentor.org and um and what it is, is that it helps high school students. Basically, it pairs you up with high school students uh, to help inspire them to pursue uh, careers in design and construction. You know, a lot of times, you know, we have these uh, career days and things like that. And, you know, you get the doctors and the lawyers and all these other people come in. And those are always great. But I always had fun with going in there and bringing in like models and bringing in drawings and things like that and kind of running like maybe a little um, program with them that gets them involved with drawing and stuff like that. Well, this takes it to the, you know, the next level. And these are, you know, high school kids that are already starting to think about their future careers. And um, so what this program is, is it's basically not quite a competition per se, but they do compete against other teams to generate a project kind of through the courses or I guess through the eyes of, you know, a, a budding architect or civil engineer, a landscape architect or structural engineer, or whatever. And so you, you kind of like touch on all of these different things and including a contractor, you touch on all of the different things that go into our day-to-day lives. And so they pair, you know, they pair us up and, you know, we, we have a team of architects, engineers, um, and contractors that go and sit down and we've got 12 students and what they're going to do is they're going to have a project and we already have a project, um, in Baltimore, which they're going to design a, um, a library that's an infill project. The buildings already exist a building already exists. And so this year we're going to kind of overlay, um, some lead or, you know, some, some living building type, um, challenge with them and Mm -hmm. try to like really kind of teach them how to make decisions early on about whether or not, you know, it's right to like state, save the building or reuse the building or tear it down and, and all these different practices and principles of, you know, of lead and then how to like basically design all the way through, schedule it out, all of these things. And it's, it's really interesting. That's pretty cool. When, when I was in high school, we had a ROP class, which is like a regional opportunity program. It's a, it's a 
more technical training in a certain discipline. And my class was architecture. And this is where I kind of got introduced to what I thought architects did, which was draw houses. Uh, so it's a little different, but we didn't have the pairing up with, with any of the local uh, firms or people or construction or, or engineering or anything like that. And I think that this is a amazing opportunity. And I know that the volunteer kind of state of this is it's doing really, really well. I know that we have an ACE mentorship uh, thing going on with in our area. It's kind of a regional thing. So all the different offices who participate are within a certain region and they service a certain number of high schools and stuff like that. But it's, it's really neat to see these kids and they're there. We've done, and I don't, I'm not taking any credit for this at all. We have, we have some amazing people in our office who participate with this. I've done maybe two of them, which was when we did the initial planning of what the ACE mentorship program was going to be in our area, but they are teaching the kids how to build models and they're teaching them how to Yep. do SketchUp, and they're teaching them a lot of neat stuff that otherwise they, they wouldn't have the opportunity to get mentored on this early on and, you know, possibly thinking about this as a career. So they, I was out uh, for, I was out in um, St. Louis for the first meeting, so I, I didn't get a chance to attend. And um, they'd given them homework for, um, you know, to, to basically kind of, you know, come up with, you know, ideas about, you know, what a library is and things like that, which, you know, I kind of came in and kind of latched onto that and started talking to them about programming and what, you know, programming really is. And, you know, we started talking about how, uh, in early programming stages, um, how you can employ your engineers and everything else alongside the architect as they're designing so that you can have kind of like a fully integrated project rather than, you know, just the architect designing it out and saying, this is what we're going to do, and then giving it to the engineers and saying, well, that's nice of, you know, of you wanting to do that, but you forgot to do this, 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 and this. You know, so we're really trying to push kind of a more, in this particular um, session, or I mean, in this particular uh, year run, we're trying to, because it, it's from February all the way through May, and, um, you know, early on, the architects tend to lead the thing. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we talked about prior to that is how do we get everybody involved? How do we get the engineer? How do we get the contractor involved? And really talk through all of this stuff and really show them, show the kids, you know, because most of these kids, they you know, kind of did a, you know, a raising of the hands, you know, how many kids want to be, you know, an engineer and, you know, probably... 90% of them all want to be engineers because um, they think they you need to draw to be an architect. And, um, and I don't really know how to draw very well, so I want, I'm going to be an engineer instead of an architect or, you know, electrical engineer and stuff like that, So which is really interesting. And so they're going to get, you know, a firsthand, if their path still goes through engineering, um, they're going to kind of get a firsthand understanding on architects and what architects do and how the pro how their thinking process uh happens from the early stages on over to you know the point when they actively engage the uh the engineers or they can look at it kind of the way that we're running it is how does the engineer get himself involved at the earliest of stages um to think about these things and how you know maybe you could you know get your engineer, you know, you're a mechanical engineer involved with, um, when you're diagramming out a building for, you know, like solar, um, you know, solar orientation or how you're going to do some, um, you know, some solar harvesting and stuff like that, you know? So there was all sorts of really fun things that we, you know, started talking about. And it's very exciting for me because I get to see the look on their faces that, you know, they're, sitting there and they're listening to you and they're just kind of really trying to absorb everything that you are, you know, are you, you're telling them. And, mo and again, you know, a lot of these kids want to become engineers, but you, you almost see like this spark. And I was talking to these one kids that wanted to be, um, a electrical engineer. And that was the one that I kind of, I don't want to say pick on, but you know, I kind of started asking him, I was like, okay, describe to me a library. What is, what, what is a library? You know, and at, at first he started, you know, kind of, you know, well, the library is for books and, you know, in, in stacks and you go in and you check them in, you check them out kind of thing. And I was like, okay, but keep going with that. 
keep going. You know, and I started pulling more stuff out. And he got really excited about it and really started to talk about it more in an architectural type um, uh, way. And I was just like, see, you know, there are, you could think about it more that way. And I was like, and even if you become an engineer, you know, think about everything that you do as kind of a design, um, a design opportunity. And he was just like, huh, never really thought about it that way. Yeah. So it was, it was very, it was very cool. And it, it was, I like programs like this. And one of the things that I, you know, was wondering if anybody else out there knows of other, um, volunteer opportunities that are more geared towards inspiring, um, kids to get into the design engineering and construction, um, fields. Cause obviously, you know, as we've talked on many occasions, we, we need to inspire people to come into the profession and, um, things like ACE are definitely one of those, those opportunities. And it's curious if there was more. And it was interesting that you had talked about that. Cause I don't really remember anybody coming in and talking to me about architecture. I just, it, it was, I, I think I was self-guided into the profession. Yeah. I think something loosely related, not, not I guess very loosely related, but maybe more viewed as an opportunity is the life of an architect's playhouse competitions coming up. That would be a cool thing to run through a program like that, but it's also an opportunity. I know like Marcus grow down in Australia's he's shredded the ideas with his kids and he's going to work off that. I thought that was kind of cool because it's a way to mentor kids into something loosely related to architecture. Yeah. So fun, fun little side note. We'll put a link to the playhouse competition this year. What's really cool about Mark is he really does get, his kids involved with you know the profession i mean he practices out of his house um he's got a nice studio there and you can you know his kids are always at the drawing boards um working on um you know working on stuff with him and you know it kind of it almost feels like you know it kind of keeps him young and keeps him invigorated because you know he's got his kids who are just equally um excited about what you know daddy does as well as what daddy does (laughs) right right well, hey, let's take a minute out and talk about our first sponsor. All right. Well, our first sponsor is uh, RCAT. So we're all pretty busy, and sometimes we feel like we could use another hand to help out. Would you like somebody to draw CAD details for you, create BIM objects for you, or write specifications? How would you like them to do that all for free? RCAT is your answer. RCAT has already done this work for you. Search the RCAT libraries for CAD, BIM, specs, catalogs, videos, and more. All of the content is created for you, free of charge, and no registration required. Stop registering on sites for content. Just come to RCAT and find what you need. RCAT has created a website devoted to you, the building professional. To find building product information fast and hassle-free, check out RCAT today at arcat.com, and don't forget to provide feedback on the site. There's a button on the right-hand side of every page. Have a suggestion to make RCAT better? Click the feedback button and let them know and tell them Speak sent you. Thanks, Arcat, for sponsoring this episode of Speak. Hey, did you guys see uh, what Mark LePage posted on, I think it was on Instagram. Yeah. About his recent view, uh, visit to the Arcat office. Oh, yes, yes. This is, this is what I got to experience last, uh, last year, late last year at Autodesk University when I went to visit the Arcat booth and say hi to our, our friends there. And uh, I didn't talk about it at that time, but it seems like uh, some some little morsels are escaping the RCAT uh, confines, and we are. It looks like we're getting a little glimpse of what they're working on. So uh, maybe we'll put a, a link to that. But I'll, I'll still I won't I won't say it because I I haven't been told that I can. But uh, there's a little video posted by our friend of the show Mark LePage who uh, put that up on Instagram. So I'll try to find that and put that in the in the show notes because. There's some pretty cool stuff coming out of the Arcat Labs, I'll say. So, cool times, right? That we're that we're living in. No, I'm I'm pretty excited. I I I know, you know, um, Mark was uh, more kind of involved with, you know, he was just he was in there and he was kind of testing out the paint, you know, type features and things like that. But I'll be interested to see, you know, where they take all of this and how, mm-hmm. as and this is kind of a prompting to. Um, for you to talk about uh, some of the things that you were recently doing, but you know, it's really interesting to see where 
VR is going within the design profession, what we're going to be able to do with it and not just limit it to, you know, Hey, let's get in there and tour a building, um, that we're, that's under, um, concept or, you know, maybe let's, you know, kind of paint or mark something up or something like that, but to do like fully integrated type practice stuff where you're able to pull in, you know, some of the things that they do where you're able to go to this one-stop shop and click on something and find, you know, oh, I think I'm going to use this type of roofing, you know, material or that type of roofing material. And, you know, you can go and you can find it on their website and you can download details. You can download specs and things like that. Well, I'd like to see how we're able to kind of like fully integrate that into kind of this bigger picture, bigger idea. And I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> well, it's, it's, we are in it's, an amazing uh, time of development. I, I mean, totally it's moving so, so fast. So uh, it, it's interesting because I, there's, there are companies out there working incredibly hard on trying to make the next revolution in this kind of stuff. And, yeah. and so they're listening to ideas like the one that you just brought up to, to try to do that. So, and, and we've, we've done a lot of work over the last year in VR and, and what was cool was at the class that I'm teaching, which is like an emerges an emerging technologies class for the professional architecture. And we've done a lot of cool stuff and a lot of investigative stuff in this class to kind of open up a broader view of how technology plays a role in the profession. In this last class that I just did, we brought in the guys from HMC to talk about VR and they gave an amazing presentation on kind of the history of VR and uh, there's some pretty funny stuff that you know back in like the late 30s that had been developed I mean if you go back to the 1800s there was stereoscopic photography right two two black and white images and you put them in the the kind of viewfinder and they were taken you know kind of six inches apart and it gave the the illusion of parallax and it was pretty it's pretty cool to go back that far and kind of see where it's it's come and now you're in a fully immersive environment with the fanny pack on your face and you get to walk around in the room. Is that how you describe it? Is a fanny pack on your face? <laughs> That's what I call it. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so you've, you've, you've got this amazing set of tools and because of the, the computation that's going on behind the scenes, it's able to finally get to a, a place where people don't get sick doing it. I mean, that's really been the leap in the last couple of years is that gone are the days of extreme sensitivity to motion sickness because right. of high frame rates and just like major computing power happening behind the scenes because it's rendering all this stuff. It, it was interesting to hear the presentation uh, by our by our two guys, Chris Grant and Francisco Penaloza, who have been doing all the research in this area and doing the implementation. And they talk about how uh, one, one of the, I guess, most illustrative uh, little pieces of their presentation that they, they, they asked all the students because there's we've got about 90 students in the class you know and it's like okay so who who renders their own uh, images and you know a, a few brave souls raise their hand and it's like obviously everybody has to render their own images in school and so then it's like well how long does that take okay so raise your hand if it's taken you know five minutes to to rate to render an image and you know everybody's got their hand up okay now keep your hands up if uh if it's taken an hour to render an image okay now keep your hands up if it's taken five hours and 10 hours and okay so you know the, the guys leading the 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 talk have have done renderings that have taken days and days no to yeah do. i mean i've done yeah. yeah same thing because we've been doing it for a long time and and you put and you put the little sticky note on the screen that says <laughs> don't touch Ren render in progress please right. do not touch right exactly and and so th that's not necessarily the case anymore right where we're talking right. about just you you could call saving an image out of sketchup or rendering even though it's 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 you know real time argued, but but yeah, it's real time. That's what it is now. And and so we're working with tools like Lumion and we're working with tools like uh, Autodesk Live where it is rendering the image as you see it in, and it yeah. has some amount of fidelity to it. Now, it really depends on the hardware you're running and the software that you're running at that point. But if you're looking at these immersive VR experiences, they are rendering a frame in, I think he said, 90 milliseconds. Wow. Right, because it has to render ninety frames per second at 
high definition resolution, you know, at 1080p. So you're looking at it, at things that it has to render in 90 milliseconds, the whole image. So what can you actually cram into that? And, and that is really where a lot of our work is finding the balance of what you can cram into that. How, how dense of a model, how big of texture maps, um, that kind of stuff. So there's companies obviously that are really pushing the limits here. We've got Iris VR, we've got Autodesk doing a lot of stuff. And it's, it's pretty amazing to actually get in because you actually forget about all that technical stuff once you're actually in the architecture. Right. Take a, take a look at, you know, and I, I use this, uh, plugin for, um, for Revit and it's called Enscape, Mm -hmm. E-N-S-C-A-P-E. And it's amazing because it does real time rendering and you can rotate the the thing around and it's fully rendered. And as you're rotating it around, rotating that view, it's re-rendering that view real time yeah. so that you can kind of see, you know, you can move the, um, your shadows back and forth. You can move the sun positioning and everything else. Um, and all of that's being done right in front of your eyes, right in front of the client's eyes, which uh, was really helpful on many of um, the things that we've used Enscape with because we'll just pull it up, pop it up on the screen. Um, and, you know, they're, they're like, well, you know, I mean, you're you're suggesting doing some uh adding some fins on this for texture and shadow play and things like that is it really going to do that well you know we've got our model our revit model located you know using the proper gps coordinates of exactly where that building is so it's got the sun angle and it's got all of those other things so then when you drop it into enscape they're seeing exactly how at whatever given time uh, you choose how the um, how the light is going to be played off of the face of that building, and it's amazing to be able to kind of make decisions almost immediately. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's it we're doing the same thing in other software, and it's it is a design tool. Yeah, as much as it is a presentation tool, and I talk about that with VR too. It's it is a design tool as much as it is a presentation tool. I mean, it's it's valuable for both things. And that's, and that's what, you know, both the production and design tool. I mean, I'm, you know, obviously, um, as much as I'm excited about the production side of things, I really am um, excited more so about its design capabilities and being able to fully immerse, you know, because we have, you know, we, we, you know, in the analog way of, of doing things right now, you know, we, we generate all of these um Renderings and yeah, they may be you know from a 3D model, but most of them are still 2D images that we're sending off to a client, and they don't. Even though you can see it better, you can understand it a lot better than it was back in the day when you were hand sketching or, or just rendering something and throwing it up in Photoshop where it's really flat. You know, you're starting to be able to understand what the textures are doing, what the sun's doing off of the texture, mm-hmm. but it really. It, it you know it it has so much more opportunity now so you know you 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 basically are putting this thing on a little you know virtual lazy susan and rotating it around for them and flipping it upside down and letting them go inside and walk around and all of that stuff before it happens so they really understand what it is that you're delivering to them and those are the things that are really exciting it's a different kind of a mindset and set of expectations, I think, as architects, we have to convey to clients and, and to designers because there's, I had a good talk with, with the guys after our, their presentation. We went out to lunch and, and one thing that Francisco brought up was that, you know, a lot of designers think, I don't need to use this. I, I already have this workflow that I use and it's always worked for me. And they were about to give a presentation and they, wanted to get into it before they showed the client what it was actually going to look like. <laughs> they, yeah. they thought it was a good idea to experience it themselves before the client did. What, what a thought. So they, they got in it and they realized like there were some things that were really amazing and there were some things that really needed some work. And they had never, there, were, there was like whole areas of the model that they hadn't really developed and they'd actually kind of avoided. And they were able to go into those with the VR headset and experience it themselves first person and really it, i i guess it, it it just it really spoke to them what they needed to do right and from a completely new viewpoint and so 
I, people who are out there who are kind of wondering, you know, if this is something they should invest in, uh, you really need to try it. I mean, one of the, the first slides in the, in, in our guy's presentation, it was so cool because it was, they, they said VR is like cake. Everybody knows that you could talk for days and days about what cake tastes like, but you don't actually know until you try it yourself, until you eat a piece of a cake. And VR is is exactly like that. You can talk about it. You can talk about how great it is or, or that it's this next thing that is just a fad or, you know, everybody has an opinion about it, but you don't actually know until you try it and you've got to try it. You just have to try it. So I encourage everybody out there to get in there and do this kind of stuff. And then set an expectation with your client. No, it is not photorealistic. It is not V-Ray renderings that have all of the the nuance of what materials can deliver. Uh, it It is an experience, and it doesn't matter that it can't hit that level yet. It really doesn't matter. No, it, it is, no really, in the design tool stage of it, should it? No, you know no. this is giving you the impression of what it's going to be. Later on, you're gonna you're gonna be able to do areas that are photorealistic. Yeah, if you have to sign off or give a big presentation or put it on a billboard or something, right? You're gonna do that, right? Right. But but for this this for what it's great for is it's it's already there. And we've had clients who were very reluctant to show user groups what it could be like to be in a space uh, because it wasn't quote unquote done yet. Uh, it wasn't like really pretty picture yet. And, and so then, because they hadn't experienced it themselves. So then they got into it and they're like, okay, we need to show this to them today. We need, they need to get in here today. And we've had clients redesigning spaces. We've had architects redesigning spaces. We've had amazing experiences with this stuff so far. So it's really cool to kind of expose this to the students in the classroom. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that, you know, this is just one of the classes and, and I, I guess I kind of designed the class what what would I want to know about if I wanted to know what emerging technologies are going on in the profession? So we've had a lot of cool topics. We we've talked about real time rendering. We've talked about point cloud capture with drones. We've talked about digital fabrication. We had nice uh, friend of the show Terry Moore. I had her come in and she talked about digital fabrication and uh, you know model to fabrication. It's really cool stuff. They're doing some amazing work at at her studio. So a lot of neat neat fun things, and I think the students have been appreciative of it and. Uh, it's it's just been a, a fun class to to kind of show off all of the amazing amazing stuff that's going on in technology and the profession of architecture lately. Excellent. These are some of the cool things that I like about being able to do you know kind of this outreach from the profession to inspire people about what we do and hopefully kind of encourage them to come and do it too. Yeah, it's fun. Architecture can be fun. I don't know if you knew this, but. I don't, I, I've heard that. <laughs> I've heard that. All right, Neil, tell us about somebody that we should, we need to know about. Okay. Well, let's talk about BQE software. This episode is sponsored by them. They are an AIA advantage partner, BQE software, and they are the makers of ArchiOffice. So let me tell you a little bit about ArchiOffice. Actually, in my experience, I've actually met the person who created this software and that's uh, Stephen Burns. And I met him years ago, actually, at a Macworld conference. What's that? Macworld? <laughs> Ancient history. <laughs> Ancient history, yes, unfortunately. Uh, I, I went to many of those. Anyway, uh, I met Stephen, and he showed off Office, which was his, his creation uh, that he created for his own firm, actually, and then eventually started selling it on his own and partnered up with BQE Software, and it's evolved a bit over time. But what is ArchiOffice? ArchiOffice is the only office and project management software designed specifically for architects, as Stephen did himself. It will help you manage people and projects while you focus on designing great architecture. Whether you are working remotely or on-site, ArchiOffice allows you to monitor the status of your projects and tasks and send out invoices in an accurate and timely manner. I've actually used the software itself, and it's really very interesting the way it can put together your time and how that gets put into invoices, and you can track all of your projects and see where they are on a continual basis and it's very, very helpful in managing the office. We've been talking a lot about 
very inspirational things about design and all of that on this episode, but this is really getting into the nuts and bolts about how you can run your office and make it more effective. And ArchiOffice really helps do that. So for our podcast listeners, they can get a fully functional 15-day trial of ArchiOffice at bqe.com slash ArchiSpeak. So we encourage all of our listeners to go over to that link, bqe.com slash ArchiSpeak, and check out the software. And we appreciate them for sponsoring this episode of ArchiSpeak. It's one of those things that just makes your life easier so you can go do more of the stuff you want to do, right? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and and just I, one of the things that was mentioned at the top of the ad read was that they're an AIA Advantage partner. And what that means is if you're an AIA uh, member, you get a discount. So that's uh, if you go to – if you just search for that, just Google that, uh, AIA Advantage partner, you'll see that AIA has links to a bunch of different software partners on their website, and BQE is one of them. So check it out. All right, so last thing here, maybe last topic. We'll see what happens. Um, I was thinking a little bit about the link that you sent us earlier, Cormac, and a few of our listeners have mentioned this as well, which is this masterclass thing, this Frank Gehry masterclass. Did you sign up? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I was the first one. I was in line. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so for 90 bucks, you can get three hours of learning about architecture, which I have no idea what that means. The class is not out yet, but you can learn from Fogg himself and, uh, and, and learn something about architecture. But I think the, the bigger story here, and this is what, what Neil brought up a little bit earlier, was look at all this stuff that's happening in the world of education and, and how kind of democratized it's become because of the internet, right? Now we've got Werner Herzog teaching filmmaking. We've got, uh, Annie Leibovitz teaching photography. Uh, we've got Stanford putting up this free uh, architecture class. I don't know if you guys signed up for that. I did sign up for it. It hasn't started yet. It start, starts in like a week and a half. But is that the Stanford one or the Harvard one? There's a oh, good question. I I think it is actually Harvard. So because yeah, I, I I signed up for the Harvard one because you know it's it's a arc, you know kind of like an architecture one hundred and one sort of course, but it's kind of interesting to see how I guess for a professional to see how we're preparing students for to come out and come work with us. Yeah. Yeah. It's what's interesting about this one is it's it's how to view and learn. It, it, I thought that the, the description of it was was really interesting because you learn how to read architecture as a cultural expression. Oh, and I and so to me, this is this. Anybody could take this, right? You don't obviously yeah. have to be an architect. And I think this is kind of one of those classes that it has a wide appeal because of that description to me where people talk about style all the time or they talk about form and they talk about the way buildings make them feel when they're not trained in architecture. And so this could be a really kind of enlightening class to take in, in learning how to read architecture. I think this is something that you know people talk about paintings and how do you read art and how do you listen to music and what what is it telling you and people pull deeper meanings from all of these artistic expressions and so this is i think kind of a a neat idea to teach this as a class and then give it away for free so yeah it's it's pretty interesting time that again that we're living in because of what's going on with these big big names uh with lots of resources putting stuff out there for cheap or free so that people can learn. I mean, the proliferation of online teaching, right, with lynda.com and Coursera and Khan Academy and all this stuff, it's and iTunes University. It's pretty amazing what's going on with uh, the education system right now. Yeah, that, that uh, edX is a nonprofit initiative between Harvard and MIT, and okay. it offers classes. Now, actually, it offers classes in, in all sorts of things. And actually, part of that um, is Berkeley and uh, Stanford, Boston U, even University of Maryland, kind of our local one, and a bunch of like uh, international ones. And it's it you're you're right. I mean, the thing that I find very interesting about it is it kind of democratizes education so that almost it's not almost it is accessible to everybody. Yeah, and if even if 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 you were to use the argument that okay, not everybody's got internet connection and not everybody can, I mean. There's so many public resources available for that for that kind of thing. You know, there's 
I don't think anybody would complain about you watching this stuff at the library. Right. And, and this is, this is, these are baby steps. This is the first, you know, kind of like volley into, you know, I mean, if, if we're being honest, I mean, yeah, we've, you know, we're, you know, like our children and stuff are, have been growing up in this information technology age and stuff like that. But I mean, if we really look at it, I mean, hell, my, my oldest is 16 years old and at 16, you know, he was born in 2000 and, you know, how, how much technology did we really have kind of immersed into our day-to-day lives in, in the year 2000? Not a lot, really. Um, we had some, but not like it is now, not that fully intertwined. So opportunities like this are only the beginning of some things that are going to be just, you know, the amazing future that everybody is going to be able to, you know, given the opportunity and access to the internet are going to be able to learn about, I'm looking right now at the edX uh, site, learn about relics in Chinese history, Yeah, crazy. you know, or, or object oriented programming and just, you know, and so on and so forth, you know, and it's just interesting things. And, in, and, in, you know, to be able to open that up to what is typically, uh, studio based you gotta be there to learn about it um field of architecture yeah i mean that's pretty amazing yeah one of of the shifts that we've seen at the university here is that we don't teach people how to use computer programs anymore you know when we went to architecture school nobody taught us how to build models and nobody taught us how to draw right it was kind of an expectation and and learn by doing and learn from others right it was very collaborative effort (laughs) how do you ink on mylar right uh right one of those things so now we don't teach programs at all it's it's lynda.com that the whole school has access to lynda and so now that's on you that's on the student to learn that stuff let's talk about bigger stuff that we normally haven't had the time because we've been busy teaching you how to use whatever software right right and so so now because all these resources are available i mean heck that's what one of the reasons i started getmethod.com was to teach people how to how to use design tools it it's just available anytime you want and it's what i say you know it's it's learning without a speed limit if if your speed limit if you if you have the appetite then there's nobody stopping you and holding you back from only attending class once a week so this is pretty cool stuff to to be able to consume at your leisure right and it's just like it's the netflix of learning so pretty neat pretty neat stuff going on out there that sounds like a good spot to wrap it up. Sounds good. All right. Well, before we go, we'd like to thank our episode sponsors. First, we have RCAT. Check out all the features they offer at arcat.com. We're also sponsored by BQE Software, the makers of ArchiOffice. ArchiOffice is the only office and project management software designed specifically for architects. Get a fully functional 15-day trial of ArchiOffice over at bqe.com slash arcaspeak and make sure to visit the website at arcaspeakpodcast.com for links to our catalog of episodes and for signing up to our newsletter which includes links to everything we mentioned in the episode and between episodes join the conversation on the arcaspeak podcast facebook page or on twitter links to everything can be found at the main site at arcaspeakpodcast.com stay subscribed everyone and thanks for listening see you next time Thank you. I join the choir to sing. They're all competing for some other thing. I join the choir to sing. I join the choir to sing. They're all competing for some other thing. I join the choir to sing. Join the choir to sing